0: Pats Nation, this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, a special edition because we are your hosts this week. Marvin is on, also known as DJ Meese, and I got my co-host with me, Mr. Mike Nice.
1: Yes, sir, DJ Meese. We're on the road to Super Bowl 51, the Atlanta Falcons versus the New England Patriots. going to be a great matchup.
0: And last time we were here, Mike, we spoke on, you know, the offenses of the Atlanta Falcons and Patriots offense. You know, two high powered offenses that are really gonna put up a show we believe. But where there's an offense, there's a defense, and so we gotta talk about both sides as well. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see how these defenses match up against, you know, opposing our offense.
1: And we are back here on the Patriots Beat Podcast, a special edition covering for Harris this week. Marv, Patriots, Atlanta Falcons, Super Bowl 51 coming up. The Atlanta Falcons ranked 27th in points allowed per game, while the Patriots ranked first in points allowed per game. You know, on two different sides of the spectrum, you know, these two different defenses are coming in at different angles, but... At the same time, they have some similarities uh, that they shared over the course of the NFL season. I don't think this Super Bowl matchup is going to be a huge defensive game. Hopefully, you know, each team will look to make some plays. But, you know, it remains to be seen how this game plays out.
0: I hear what you're saying, Mike, how, you know because both teams are so high powered you're not going to we're not going to see a lot of defense but at the end of the day man this is a super bowl and defense wins championships defense is going to have to make a play on either side to really turn this game over you know whether it's a turnover a big defensive stop whatever it may be someone's going to have to make a play on the defensive end and that's what makes this sport so great but before we get into that I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsors blue apron and zip recruiter blue apron gives you great food for less than ten dollars per meal blue apron delivers new seasonal recipes each week along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals at a great price check out this week's menu and you get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash and with zip recruiter you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017 Post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter free, for free by going to ziprecruiter.com slash sportsfan. We we'll would love if everyone, if they had interest, would use these promo codes. That is a way to help support us here at CLNS Radio. Mike, like you mentioned earlier, These two defenses have different stories. You know, Atlanta Falcons being 27th in scoring defense and Patriots being in first with only allowing 15 points per game. And, Mike, I fell into some stats. I looked, you know, I looked back and saw some teams that went into the Super Bowl with bad defenses. And not only is the Falcons 27th in scoring defense, but they're 25th in yards allowed to and. Yeesh, that's not something you want to really go into the Super Bowl with. And, you know, they have turned up as of but, you you know, that's a that's something, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots can exploit. Like in 1991, the Buffalo Bills came in with the to the Super Bowl with the 27th, 27th in yards allowed out of 28 teams. And they got killed by the Redskins, 37 to 24. That was a year. In that era when the Bills went to the Super Bowl four times in a row and just couldn't get a win. The following year, Mike, their defense didn't get any better. Still went into the Super Bowl 27th in yards allowed. And guess what happened to them? Loss. Bad. 52-17 <laughs> to 17 against the Sheesh. Cowboys. And then you're going to remember this one. 2011 New England Patriots. Damn. They went into the Super Bowl with the 31st in yards allowed. Giants, we already know how that ended up. Put up 400 yards against us, and we don't need to talk about the score.
1: No, we won't get into that game too much.
0: I'm try, I try to delete that from my memory as much as possible. But that just, just it gives you, you know, you got listeners – pretty much how this Atlanta defense, you know, they they allow a lot of points, they allow a lot of yards, but it it has stepped up as of late.
1: Yeah, got to give it to them. You know, honestly, like we said in the beginning of the season, it was rough. It was rough for the Atlanta Falcons in their defense. Um, But for some teams, uh, one team that I want to kind of compare them to, obviously, (laughs) uh, the NFC Championship says differently, but A team that's known for putting up a lot of points, but the defense was usually a killer. The Green Bay Packers, you know, honestly, and Rodgers and that offense were known for putting up points and putting up numbers, but their defense was right there giving up a lot at the same time. And then, you know, you got to compare them to Atlanta Falcons. Same type of team, huge numbers offensively, but early in the season, the defense sucked. So most of the games were usually shootouts. Now, they turn things around in the second half of the season. Defense playing better, a lot better. So now more of their games are looking like how the AFC, NFC championship went, where, you know, Matt Ryan and the offense are doing their thing, and the defense is is able to hold teams down to not a lot of points. So you got to give them a lot of credit. Their defense has improved over the course of the NFL season, and now they're coming into another game. You know, they just left one game where they shut down the mighty, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green, and the Green Bay Packers. Now they kind of have to do the same. They're going to try to do the same thing against the New England
0: Patriots. With the Packers though, you know, you, their defense was facing an amazing Aaron Rodgers, but a beat up Jordan, a beat up Jordy Nelson no running back, and they just really couldn't get it going at all offensively in the Green Bay Packers. And the Falcons jumped on there and exposed. And when we saw what they did the week before against the Seahawks, but we all know that Seahawks never had an offensive line this year, which was the reason why Russell Wilson really struggled in the beginning of the year, including with his injury. This Patriots offensive line has improved a lot, and they're really going to try to beat up on this young defensive end and this group is young the group of the Atlanta Atlanta's defense is young you know their leading tackle is believe Deion Jones and he's a rookie you know all their guys are very young inexperienced they haven't been in these big moments and I think the Patriots offense can exploit that
1: yeah I agree with you 100% they they must they must exploit that you know that's what it's going to boil down to if you want to have an impact impact defensively on this game you're going to have to exploit that
0: 100%. And with their defensive tackles, you have guys, three three guys on the line, Rashid Hagman, Tyron Jackson, and Jonathan No. And at first they, have, they struggled like most of the defense did in the beginning of the year. But like you said, Mike, after their bye week, this team has really picked it up. And guys like Marcus Cannon, Andrews are really going to need to put you know, they're full forth on these young guys because they can get after to a quarterback. You know, the best way to get to Brady is to rattle him, hit him a little bit. And that inside, we see now that both teams in the Texans and Steelers have found a way to really try to get inside to sack Brady. And that seems to be our weakness. That Josh McDaniels and um, the offense and Skarnikia really figured out, figured that out in the second game against the Steelers. They really worked into that because they tried that again. But pitchers really knew what to do. But you got guys like um, Vic Beasley, who who is a monster, very explosive. If he gets a hand on Brady, that's not going to be good news. So we really need this line to put up, you know, be very careful on these quick linebackers, that, the quick and young linebackers that they have there.
1: Yeah, one thing I've always said over the years, over and over and over again, I don't care how great of a quarterback you are. Like we all say, and all agree Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play. And then you have many other greats that have played the game. And no matter what they do in the pocket, finding guys down the down the field, dissecting secondaries, if you put pressure on a quarterback, it will mess up and possibly ruin their whole game. All it takes is little pressure. You know, I, I keep using Tom Brady as a perfect example. He's great. We all know he's great. But in those two giant Super Bowl losses, um, it was the pressure that really kind of disrupted everything. Tom Brady in the offense wanted to do those guys. You know the the O.C. Euminyoras, the Justin Tucks, the the Michael Strahan's, the those tough guys that they the Giants had and were able to get pressure on Brady. And even not in the Super Bowls, those even those not. Just those Super Bowl losses to the Giants. Even uh, last year against the Denver Broncos, we saw what the Vaughn, Miller, Vaughn Millers and Demarcus Wears and those guys were able to do. It was the pressure that really disrupted Brady and everything the, the offense wanted to do. So if you got guys you know, like, like Vic Beasley and Deion Jones... On, on the Falcons, if they're able to have games, a game, a game in the Super Bowl where they can, you know, break through an offensive line and get to Brady and, and hit him a couple times and a couple sacks, it will disrupt everything that the Patriots are trying to do. It Does, doesn't matter your offensive game plan, who the Patriots want to target in on in terms of wide receivers, whatnot. If Brady's getting hit, it won't be a good day for the New England Patriots.
0: And this is pretty much the storyline of of the week how good is atlanta's defense cuz honestly the num- the stats say otherwise the stats say they're not good at all they 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 let up the fifth most first down in the nfl and you see all these numbers and you're like oh brady should have a field day but then when you watch the games especially if you watch these past two playoff games the defense looks monstrous you know they shut down a red hot aaron rodgers who was playing the best football, best football I've seen in a long time from a quarterback. And Atlanta came in came in there and just really shut him down automatically. He's not going to do that against Tom Brady. I don't see that happen. They're not going to do that against Tom Brady. I don't see that happening. But their defense has definitely improved from what they see what you see on paper and the offense should not take that for granted.
1: Not at all. Not at all. I mean, yes, this is not a Uh, a big time feared, you know, Denver Broncos of last year type of defense or Seattle Seahawks of a couple of years ago type of defense. But, you know, they're not one of the dummies in the NFL that just let up big yards and let up big points and allow you to score a lot. You know, they really have transformed themselves over the course of the season. And they're just not a one dimensional team which just score a lot of points. And that's how you're going to beat it Be the team but they they've learned how to to be effective on both sides of the ball well yes matt ryan and the weapons will score points but at the same time the defense will make stops on third downs make some goal line and red red zone stops and also turn some some cause some turnovers you know fumbles uh interceptions whatever the case may be this defense has really learned how to play together and have an impact on the game and you know we saw how big it was you know, in the NFC Championship game against the mighty Green Bay Packers, and like I said before, and I'll say it again, they're gonna be, they're honestly gonna look to do exactly what they did against the Green Bay Packers, and for the most part, do it again against the Patriots.
0: And we're gonna see if they can really try to do that against this high-powered offense in New in New England, because with Brady, you know, you know Brady and Belichick right now, they're they're studying every. Play every move that the Atlanta Falcons did this playoff to really get familiar with them and really be prepared. Belichick did say earlier last week how this Falcons defense, you know, is quite similar from the Seattle Seahawks defense that they faced early in the year in Week Seven and in the Super Bowl in 2014. Belichick is pretty much saying, you know, the players are different, but the schemes are the same. They they like to use the same plays, so he knows a little bu- little bit about this defense. And if that's the case. You know, you can see guys like Edelman and Dion Lewis really having big games against this defense, but we'll see how they adjust. Dan Quinn is, you know, is known as a defensive coordinator, a defensive, a defensive coach, so he'll be, he'll have his young guys prepared. But let's switch gears to the New England Patriots defense. This group, a fairly young group as well, that we've seen grow throughout this year, and it didn't start off pretty, Mike.
1: It did not. It did not. The way this Patriots defense was constructed, you know, a, a lot of bend, not break talk was what was going around Pats Nation. And that's what it was early on the season, week in and week out, hoping that the Patriots can just not break. They bend, bend, bend so much, give up points, give up yards, big yards down the field, big runs, whatnot, but just not break and not give up the 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 big ones, the home runs, the big time plays like that. But as the, as the seasons went on, as the season went on, and especially around the time that you know they made the move to get rid of Jamie Collins, you know, once that trade happened, a lot of people said, "Wow, this Patriots, you know, is, is getting rid of one of the more more exciting players, not only exciting, but one of the more impactful players on the team." And a lot of people felt that it was such a bad move, and 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 just it wasn't going to work out because taking away Collins, who him and right next to Hightower, who, you know make the biggest plays on on the team then it's all about the the motto in Belichick we trust and it just took off from there and this Patriots defense you know played out of its mind I want to say you know second half more towards the end of the season you know it was a team you know kind of like what I was saying with the Falcons earlier it was score a lot of points and just score more than the other team because you know your defense was gonna was probably gonna give up a decent amount, but the defense got better and better over the course of the season to the point where they finished the year ranked, you know, number one in points allowed per game, and you know just a, a couple other stats uh, for the for the New England Patriots. You know, they only allowed 88 uh, yards per game uh, in in the rushing game. And then in total yards, you know, only 326. You know, this is a very good defense, and they improved throughout the course of the season for sure.
0: This defense was highly criticized by us, by the fans, by everyone earlier with that Ben, don't break. You know, the first four games, you didn't have Brady, so you knew the scoring wasn't going to be there. And their defense was really... The key to winning us the game, especially that Texans game in week three where we shut them out, held them to zero points in that game. And the team that scored the most points on us, you know who, what team it was, Mike? It was, the, it was the Buffalo Bills. On week eight, they scored 25 points and New England scored 41 that game. So that's the most points that we let up all year, it's 25 to the Buffalo Bills. So that's pretty incredible, you know. At the end of the year, that's when they really picked it up, like you said, with Jamie Collins left and shut down every quarterback. And that was another storyline of the year. Page, who did the Patriots play as quarterback? Patriots didn't play anybody as quarterback. And then here you go last week when you faced Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell in that offense, and you hold him to 17 points.
1: Yeah, when the Patriots faced the Steelers early on in the season, uh, I think it was, what, a uh, week eight matchup, if I remember Week seven. Week seven. When they faced the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they did not have Big Ben. They had Landry Jones step up in his place. I'm pretty sure after that game, you know, when we had our post-game show, I said to you and anybody who was, everybody who was listening that if Ben Roethlisberger played in that game, the Patriots would have lost. The Patriots would have lost. And then the Patriots finally get their chance. You know, at playing a high-powered, fully healthy, for the most part, Pittsburgh Steelers team in the AFC Championship game. The killer bees, the triple threat, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. And going into that game, I wasn't going to lie, I was nervous. Because I said, finally, the Patriots, you're playing a a veteran quarterback, a Hall of Fame-worthy quarterback. You know, a guy who has been in the league for years now and has had great seasons that's two Super Bowl rings under his belt. So the Patriots are finally going to meet their match in a quarterback who can really play and is very smart. And what did the Patriots do? They shut him down. They, they shut Antonio Brown down. And Le'Veon Bell exited the game early due to an injury. And even before his injury, he wasn't doing much of anything. So a team that I thought, you know, was gonna be the biggest threat to the Patriots because of their offense, the Patriots literally shut them down completely. Now obviously the Atlanta Falcons are, I would say are more high powered than the uh than the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if the Patriots were able to come out and have that game that they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, you it has to have you feeling somewhat good that they can possibly come out and have a similar game plan, obviously switch things up because you're dealing with different de- team, different personnel and whatnot. But if they could do that against a supposedly high-powered Pittsburgh Steelers team, they can probably have some success against the
0: Falcons. And Mike, I understand that they haven't faced, you know, great quarterbacks throughout the year. But don't you think confidence has something to do with it as well, even if you're not playing against elite quarterbacks, but every game you realize you're starting to cause turnovers, you're starting to get interceptions, shutting teams down. It gets to the point where like, yo, it doesn't matter who we face. We're going to start Our defense is great, and we're just going to stop anybody that's in front of us. And I think that's what happened with this this Patriots defense is they started to grow confidence. They started to really believe in themselves at the end of the year. They heard all the noise about how bad their defense was, and they just picked it up another gear. And another argument I make is, Mike, sure, they they haven't faced an elite quarterback or whatever all year. But every day in practice, who are they facing?
1: That is true. That is true. The defenders are going up against tom brady malcolm butler logan ryan devin mccourty patrick chunk when they're doing their practices against each other they're dealing uh, with routes and passing plays from the greatest quarterback of all time so they're getting
0: their practice in for sure who, who you can you can tell me yes yeah, sure they're facing colin kaepernick landry Jones, uh, ryan fitzpatrick but in practice they're probably sweating more in practice you're going against tom brady you're going up against um, Julian Edelman, Malcolm Mitchell, Martellus Bennett, at times Rob Gronkowski. You're going up against all these quarterbacks that, I mean, all these offensive players that we, we see as one of the best offense in the league every, week in and week out, every day. Absolutely. So that that definitely has something to do with it as well. Yeah, it
1: makes it seem like, you know, they're going through tough practices against these elite players, the greatest quarterback of all time. So when they get into games where they're facing a Ryan Pickfatt, Brian Fitzpatrick offense or Colin Kaepernick offense, you know, it should be, a, it should feel to them like, wow, this is nothing compared to what we deal with and who we deal with the Josh McDaniels offense, the goat Tom Brady, the Rob Gronkowski's, the Edelman's, the, the Amandola's, you know, the Martellus Bennett's, you know, when they get to the game situations against lesser talent, it should be a much easier day for them for sure.
0: And, you know, momentum for me in football is everything. Like momentum and confidence, I I put a lot of weight on those when it comes to football. It's just it, it's something about momentum. I don't know what it is, but once you have it, it's really hard to stop in the in the sport of football. And confidence as well. I think having Texans, you know, smack them in the mouth a little bit earlier earlier in the playoffs and then facing the texans when they had that goal line stand when they stopped jesse james at the one and they had that incredible goal line stand when um they try to run it in twice and then they try to throw it and it was unsuccessful that was huge for this defense knowing that they it doesn't matter where you are that you are not going to score seven on us and it's a great thing to see. We haven't really seen a lot of teams score touchdowns against this defense at all. And when you have all that swagger, all that confidence in you, it can go a long way, especially heading into the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, you got to give the Patriots a lot of credit. I think, especially for their red zone defense. Just that play you brought up was a great example against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Jesse James Shiny. I think on that same drive and that same uh, example you brought up, I think the the, the Steelers tried to go out on Go for it on all four downs because of the situation that they were in.
0: No, the- no, no. They went. They they scored. they hit a field goal on fourth.
1: They hit a field goal on fourth. Well, either yeah. way, the first three downs. You know, it was a situation whether you know the they needed to score. The Patriots
0: were yep, in numbers. To score. Yep.
1: They needed to score. Field goal yep. was not going to do much for them. So the fact that the Patriots were able to hold their ground and let them have to settle and make them have to settle for the field goal, it was a big time. Some big-time, big-time plays from that Patriots defense. And I think that's one thing that could definitely be said. I think a lot of it, a lot of the reason why the Patriots are ranked number one in points allowed for a game is because, you know, even when teams, you know, get into the red zone uh, within 20 yards, the Patriots are, are one of the best, if not the best, this and this 2016 16 season and not letting opposing uh, teams get into the end zone. So you got to give them a lot of credit. And that's going to be huge when you're dealing against, when you're going up against the Falcons and, and, and the threats of Devontae Freeman, uh, Tevin Coleman, Julio Jones, Sanu, Jacob, uh, uh, Mohamed Sanu, and Jacob Tammy, You know, not letting these guys cross the end zone and, and score six on you. That's going to be huge. And the Patriots must do all they can defensively to stop those guys.
0: Okay, so now a guy I want to bring up is someone you just mentioned, Julio Jones. How in the world are the New England Patriots going to stop Julio Jones? I mean, we saw what they did with Antonio Brown last week, having Butler on him and having a safety, whether it be Harmon or McCordy's shadow behind. You know Antonio Brown still got seven receptions and 77 yards. But if you watched the game in all honesty, you, you knew that Patriots handled him very well and, and shut and shut that down for the most part and forced Big Ben to look at other options. Yeah. Can you can the Patriots really force Matt right? If say the Patriots take away Julio Jones, which is a big if. Are you still confident? And happy that Ryan has to look at other options. When you do have a Sanu, you have a Gabriel, a Tammy, a Coleman, and a Freeman out there as well.
1: Well, the Falcons and Matt Ryan have better option, have better second and third options. I feel like than Pittsburgh did and Ben Roethlisberger. Because you know, obviously, a lot goes to what Antonio, you know, Brown does and what Le'Veon uh, Le'Veon Bell does. A lot goes to those two guys, uh, especially in the passing game. I think Matt Ryan. Has more options, you know, after Julio Jones and especially Julio Jones, because he was a guy that was hobbled throughout the course of the season and missed a couple of games. So they needed their second and third options to really step up and have big games. So those guys have the experience of having the whole offense kind of be on their shoulders with no Julio playing in the game or hobbled Julio who missed some, missed some drives and whatnot and had to sit out because of injury. So, I feel like, you know, obviously, you want to eliminate Julio and make him not be an option. But you also have to make sure you key in and focus on not letting, you know, uh, Mohamed Sunu and, and, and Gabriel make big plays as well. It's going to be a team effort. You know, obviously, Malcolm Butler is your main guy, your number one guy, who you definitely want to make sure he's having a, a well-played game. But it's going to be on... Malcolm Butler, it's going to be on Logan Ryan, it's going to be on Devin McCourty, it's going to be on Patrick Chung, it's going to be on Justin Coleman, Eric Rowe, heck, they might even throw Cyrus Jones out there a couple times, you never know, it's going to be on everyone in the secondary to step up and make sure that they're not allowing these receivers, these Matt Ryan weapons to go off for big games, for a big game and big
0: games. Cyrus, Cyrus, Cyrus Jones. I'm glad you brought him up, Mike. He's called me crazy, but I think he might be a big player in the Super Bowl because of a guy named Taylor, um, Gabriel. Gabriel's a receiver, Taylor Gabriel's a receiver who – is very quick, very fast, you know, very shifty. And you can't put a guy like Logan Ryan or a guy like Eric Rowe on him because he's too he's too fast for them. I think this is when you add Cyrus Jones. You really work him in, in practice these these next week this next week or so and and you have him you know have him cover him a couple of plays because Cyrus Jones, he's a fast guy. We know he's had his struggles in the um punt return and kick return game but why? But he's got drafted as a cornerback. Why not use him as a cornerback? Matt Ryan has many weapons. You're gonna need all your corners out there. Why not use Cyrus Jones on Taylor, T- Taylor Gabriel and see what he can do on him? Speed against speed.
1: Honestly, like you said, Cyrus Jones had his struggles in special teams and in and, and the in the with punt return. But like you said as well, this guy was Patriots, you know, top draft pick out of a great football school in Alabama and played under a great coach in Nick Saban. And as a cornerback and he played for those guys, you have to think that he knows what he's doing, you know, defensively. He has some sense defense, obviously a rookie. He's a rookie and the college game is different from the NFL game, but he knows what he's doing. I think defensively, and he's a guy that I said, in my opinion, especially playing wearing number 24 it's gonna come a point in time in his career. As long as he sticks around with the Patriots, he might be the number two guy down the line next to Malcolm Butler. <laughs> and you, you never know. with The Patriots, he could one day be the number one guy, maybe down the road. Who knows? And another thing, I want another thing. I want to compare Cyrus Jones to Cyrus Jones to is, you know, in years ago, in, when the Patriots played the Seahawks, who was an undrafted rookie who stepped up and had a big play malcolm butler so who's a guy who could possibly step up and maybe not a, have the a same type of game winning super bowl winning play like malcolm butler he probably won't do something like that but in this type of situation maybe he can step up and 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 make an impression on the patriots uh coaching staff and have a huge super bowl game where maybe he, there are times where he has to cover sanu maybe there's times he has to worry about gabriel maybe there's times he comes out and He's just helping out in double coverage. Who knows? But Cyrus Jones could possibly step up and be needed in this game. Like I said, with the multiple weapons that the Falcons have, it's going to be all hands-on deck type of game in the secondary.
0: I love, love, love that comparison, Mike. I love it. You know, in 2014, this guy named Chris Matthews, who we've yet to see ever again, came onto the field it caused the Patriots havoc. We had what's his name, Kyle Arrington. Thank God he's no longer on the team. But we had Kyle Arrington covering Chris Matthews, and he was getting killed to the point Belichick had to say, "Okay, we got, we need we need to switch things up here." Bench Arrington, and there there went Malcolm Butler, and there there was born a star. So you never know whose name can get called up at. Anytime, even at the Super Bowl, your name can get called up when you're under Bill Belichick. So everyone, every defensive back needs to be ready. Another defensive back that needs to be ready is Logan Ryan, who was probably the most frustrating cornerback to watch this year. He, You just didn't know what you would get out of him week for week. You still, you still don't know, honestly. He reminds me of, of Jeff Green, when Jeff Green used to play for the Celtics. He just—he's so inconsistent. One day Jeff Green can drop 44 against Miami, then the next day he's dropping 10 points. And Logan Ryan, one day he can get you two interceptions, and the next day he's—he's—he's he's, he's giving up two touchdowns. You just never know what it when it is with Logan Ryan. But I believe he's going to be the guy covering Sanu, one on one probably, and that he's going to need to come up big in this game.
1: Yeah, Logan Ryan—he's had a great postseason for sure. And we can't, this can't be a game where he takes, he goes backwards in his performance. We need to see the same type of solid games and performance he's had in these two uh, postseason games. And it just needs to be elevated. Everybody's play needs to be elevated uh, defensively for the Patriots. Because like I said, you know, obviously, you know, you did a hell of a job against, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers, but... Just like you're going up another notch in going against the offensive talent in the Atlanta Falcons, everybody defensively, whether it be the, front, the guys in front or the secondary, they need to take their game to another level. And Logan Ryan is one of those guys who definitely needs to do that. Everybody's going to have to step up because everybody on the Falcons offense is a weapon and can have a huge impact in
0: any game and especially the Super Bowl. A guy who was limited last week on our defense was Dante Hightower. He didn't play much, you know, very limited because of his um, he's he has a, a lot of injury. You got knee problems, shoulder problems. He's he's been practicing this past week, red shirted, so no contact. But if he can get some rest and you know, go in there more healthier than the the game against the Steelers, we all know what this guy means to us. He's a quarterback of the defense. Probably our best defensive player on the team. And you saw in 2014, he made that key, key defensive tackle against um, against Marshawn Lynch at the one-yard line, forcing Russell Wilson to throw the next pass. And he's going to be our guy in this defense, seeing everything, really trying to understand Matt Ryan, where he's going to throw the ball. And we got we need him as healthy as possible going into next week.
1: Yeah, he's going to be huge like you said, you know, kind of he's the quarterback of the defense. He's the guy that, you know, he's wearing that special helmet getting all the 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 stuff from the sidelines. Uh he's going to be huge. He's going to be huge. Obviously everybody's banged up on both sides of the ball, and one guy who you know you can probably find his name on the injury report week after week is Dante Hightower, but it's the Super Bowl. It's everything or nothing. You know, whatever injury aches and pains you have, as much as sometimes I can't stand football, if you're playing the sport in this type of game, <laughs> you're going to have to suck it all up and lay it all out on the field because you're either walking off this field, a champion with the celebrations, confetti and all the hype and whatnot. Or you walking through the celebration and hyping confetti and whatnot with your head down, knowing that you just lost in the Super Bowl. So everybody's going to have to step up despite how you're feeling physically like this is the game where you lay it all on the line you have the rest of the winter to relax and get your body right but hightower ryan you know everybody they're just gonna have to all put it on the line in this game man
0: for sure and my last point for today is you know matt ryan obviously having an mvp season most likely will be the mvp of the nfl but watching these past two games in the playoffs because, you know, we don't get to see Atlanta Falcons much on national TV. But pay attention to these last two games. It looks like this man has not been touched once. He rarely, rarely gets sacked. And so he's had all the time in the world. Even when he has Alec Mack, you know, being his offensive guard, you know, covering up. That's why he's had such an incredible, incredible year. So my key player, another key player for the game is Trey Flowers emerged big time you know second year defensive and and he took pretty much took over the Chandler Jones role we thought that would have been Jabal Shear but he his his playing time and you know he hasn't been great this season at all We saw that he got benched a couple times this year so Trey Flowers really took that Chandler Jones role and we haven't seen much of him in the playoffs but Super Bowl would be a perfect time to really get something on the quarterback. It's been frustrating seeing last week seeing Big Ben have all the time in the world to throw the ball. I mean, the guy was making breakfast before he threw that ball out there. No pressure at all in the quarterback. And then you got a guy like Chris Long. He's the best. Almost got you defensive end. Like he's <laughs> always <laughs> he's always so close, but yet he just can't make that sack. And I don't know what it is, but, you know, maybe these extra two weeks, he just got to find a way to get a hand on this quarterback because he's always there, but not there. So close, but no cigar.
1: Yeah, man, that's what it's going to boil down to. And I think for Matt Ryan, you know, his last two games he faced the Seahawks. And we all, everybody knows that the Seahawks defense is not the same and they don't have the same intensity. So their pass rush, you know, everything defensively for the Seahawks is just not the same as how it used to be. And then. You face the the Green Bay Packers who have always said their defense is terrible. Their defense is not good. So there was no real pressure coming to Matt Ryan. But if you really want to mess up what the Falcons do offensively, these guys, Trey Flowers, Jabal Shiz, Rob Ninkovich, Chris Long, Hightower sometimes, you're going to need these guys to do everything in their power to hit Matt Ryan. You want to make, I know, you know, they're probably saying the same thing. You know, in Atlanta, in their side of the, in their side of things, you know, get at Tom Brady. That's how you're going to disrupt things. Well, here in New England, we're going to say the same thing. You must hit Matt Ryan, and that's how you're going to make an impact on the game. You can't give this guy all the time in the world to sit back in the pocket and look for Julio Jones, look for Sanu, look for Gabriel, look for Coleman, look for Freeman down the field. You know, you must put that guy on his backside put him in the dirt let him feel the pain in the first quarter and know that this is the pain he's going to be feeling you know throughout the course of the game you got to get a couple good hits on him even if you can't sack him even if it's not a sack and they don't lose yards you got to get a good pop you got to pop him a couple times to let him at least feel that pain in his ribs on his arms on his shoulder he got to feel something so hopefully you know these guys up front can step up and give uh, Matt Ryan something he can really feel and something that can really hurt throughout the course of the
0: super Bowl I hear that in the in a team where both in the super Bowl where both teams you know have great offenses you know mVP quarterbacks it may just be the defense a defensive play that really wins this game so man I just can't wait mike i can't I can't wait.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. You know, a lot of people are expecting, you know, high, high points, a lot of points in this game, knowing that the two offenses you have, but like you said, it could be a defensive play, a fumble, an interception, something, some kind of turnover that could really be the difference in who walks away as the Super Bowl 51 champion.
0: And once again, you know, this is the special edition of a Patriots Beat Podcast with DJ Mees, Mr. Mike Nice. And every day from here on out, there will be something out from CLNS Radio. You know, we got this Super Bowl covered wall to wall. So be on the lookout for everyone on CLNS Radio, Patriots coverage every day. Take care.
1: Go Pats.